Today is Friday, November the 4th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down tomorrow night's game as South Carolina travels to Nashville, Tennessee, looking for their 14th straight win over the Vanderbilt Commodores. Guys, I'll break down tomorrow night's game in its entirety. We'll talk top storylines, key matchups to watch, keys the game, and I will lock in my lead pipe lock of the weekend prediction as well. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Friday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Price Picks. Go download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry, guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes, parlay with the over on Spencer Rattler, if you like. You can play college sports, professional sports, anything you're looking for. They have got it. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends over at Prize Picks this football season, and you should as well. Go download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com, and when you do, use that promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. familiar with that old adage the more things change 
the more they stay the same. And when you look at this South Carolina Vanderbilt series, that rings true. Coaches have come and gone. Both programs have seen their ups and their downs, but one thing has remained constant, and that is Gamecocks football. Finding a way, no matter the circumstances, to beat Vanderbilt. Will that continue? We shall see. Folks, happy Friday, TGIF. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, really appreciate you all tuning in. And I hope this show does find you well. I'm going to where you are, what you are doing. We have got a packed show, a lot to get into here on this Friday. And guys, I do want to say first things first, thank you all so much for the continued love and support this week. Obviously been remote, been out of the studio all week long. We are back on the home front today. But, uh, you know, we're at a really, really cool point uh, in business and in my life in general where I'm able to take advantage of the unique flexibility that doing TSUS provides me. You know, the fact that I can create content and go live and do our shows and stuff from anywhere uh, is truly a blessing. And it's something that as we continue to grow and evolve in business and what have you, it's something that I'm taking more and more and more advantage of. You know, I'm someone that I find creative inspiration from sort of getting out of the studio, right? Love being in the studio, love the surroundings and love the vibe. But I'm also someone that I find creative inspiration and inspiration in life, just getting out and about and, and going on adventures, if you will. And so it's really cool that I'm able to do that, but not take away from doing something I love so much, which is the business, the content and interacting with you all. Uh, and again, I just want to say thank you all for obviously always rolling with the punches and supporting and showing love. Another great week this week with the podcast, the Daily Crow, the merchandise as well. And really, really excited for kickoff tomorrow night in Nashville. Guys, all those traveling to Nashville, I know there will be a ton of Gamecocks up there painting the city garnet and black. Hope you guys have safe travels and give them hell. I would expect Vanderbilt Stadium to basically be taken over by Gamecock fans. For those of you, though, in the upstate that are not making the trip with the return of road games, of course, comes the return of our watch parties at the various Carolina Alehouse locations across the state of South Carolina. And we will be in Greenville, South Carolina tomorrow night, specifically the Woodruff Road location. Carolina Alehouse guys would love to have all my upstate Gamecocks, my Greenville Gamecocks. Obviously, I would argue, guys, the Woodruff Road tour event over the summer that was maybe the most well-attended event that we had over the summer. Would love to see you guys back out and about at Carolina Alehouse on Woodruff Road. Of course, kickoff at 7.30. Doors will open at 11. Yours truly probably going to get there around 5 or 5.30. Really want to catch a lot of that Georgia-Tennessee game. I know I've mentioned that uh, a lot this week, but it's a great Saturday for college football. So definitely want to get out there early, catch some ball, and then, of course, we'll have kickoff at 7.30. Also, guys, I will have the merchandise on hand for sale at Carolina Ale House in regards to the towels and the koozies, the Beamer Ball towels and the koozies. We will have those there on hand for sale. Also, we'll have koozies to give away, courtesy of my friend, uh, our friends, I should say, over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Uh, really excited. I think they're actually might, they possibly will be in attendance 
at the watch party tomorrow night. But guys, anyways, we want to urge you all, come on out, Carolina Ale House off Woodruff Road. And if you're not in the upstate, let's say you're in Somerville, let's say you're in Myrtle Beach, let's say you're in Augusta, what have you, and you can't make it, hey, go to your local Carolina Ale House, go watch the Gamecocks, take on Vanderbilt, and go show love and go show support to those guys. But again, hope to see a bunch of rowdy Gamecocks in the upstate. Come on out, going to be one heck of a time. Cannot wait to get out there, Carolina Ale House on Woodruff Road. Guys, that being said, let's go ahead and dive in everything. Of course, Gamecocks looking to bounce back and punch their ticket, by the way, to bowl eligibility, notch that sixth win and get that 14th straight victory over Vandy. 7.30 kickoff on the SEC Network in Nashville at Vanderbilt Stadium. Of course, guys, we talked gambling on Wednesday. Gamecocks currently sit as a six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. The over-under set at 47 and a half. Those numbers have fluctuated a little bit. Of course, South Carolina opened as a seven and a half point favorite. The total opened around 48 and a half, I think, or so. So obviously that number has come down, which I think is to nobody's surprise, right? I, I know if you if you feel the pulse of Gamecock Nation and you talk to South Carolina fans, most are not expecting that offensive explosion. But an interesting number nonetheless, because Vegas obviously believes there will be probably more points scored than I think most folks are expecting. But either way, six and a half, 47 and a half is where those numbers sit. Now, when you take a look at the series history, the Gamecocks have dominated this series. They lead it all time, 27 and four. And like I mentioned, guys, South Carolina has won 13 straight games. More on that in just a second. And of course, who can forget Last year's meeting, the Gamecocks won that ball game 21 to 20 at Williams Bryce Stadium when Zeb Nolan came off the bench and played hero, led that final drive in the final seconds, the touchdown pass to Xavier Leggett in the back of the end zone. And really, guys, Carolina escaped death in that one. You know, that was a game that really, I mean, you lose that one obviously at home would have obviously just derailed your season. Uh, and Zeb Nolan really cemented himself as a Gamecock legend, if you will, by finding a way to win that one. And I tell you, I don't want to overreact, obviously, and over-exaggerate, but that's one of those games, guys, that if South Carolina football's really got this thing rolling, let's say four or five years down the road, you know, you'll look back to year one of the Shane Beamer tenure and go, man, if that result had gone a different way, how would, it, how would it have impacted this program? Like, where would we be now? You know what I mean? I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on it, but it certainly was a win that uh, <clears throat> helped, shaped, helped shape year one of the Shane Beamer era. Guys, that being said, let's go ahead and dive into our top storylines. And I mentioned it at the top of the show, but we've got to start with death, taxes, and beating Vanderbilt. Those seem to be the three guarantees when it comes to being a Gamecock fan. You know, it's wild when you think about this streak that South Carolina's on against Vandy. And of course, this is one you expect to win year in, year out. But over the course of that streak, I mean, you think about it. South Carolina has had, you know, multiple coaches. They've had good teams. They've had terrible teams. Vanderbilt has had good teams, had terrible teams, but no matter what, the Gamecocks just seem to always find a way to beat Vandy. And there's been a mix of blowouts. There's been some really close games. There's been obviously a nail-biter like last year, but it's really just crazy when you think about the fact that in the midst of that winning streak, I mean, guys, South Carolina had a six-game losing streak to Kentucky. And still, even you think back like the 2015 season, right? South Carolina 
took down Vandy in that season in which Steve Spurrier stepped down. I think it was the first game after his departure, his retirement, if you will, was against Vandy at home, and Sean Elliott led the Gamecocks to a victory in that one. So it's just crazy when you really think about that no matter what has happened, the Gamecocks have found a way of win. Now, you can look at that series, you can look at that stretch, you can look at that winning streak and say, well, that means Vanderbilt is due. Well, they've been due for quite a while, but it has not meant a whole lot. And I would say last year certainly was Vanderbilt's best chance to get the Gamecocks, and they had that game and let it slip away in the final seconds. You could say South Carolina obviously took that game, but uh, it's just crazy how this has become a streak that, you know, I'm not familiar with all the streaks in the SEC in regards to how many consecutive times each opponent has beaten each other, but this has got to be one of the top streaks against South Carolina looking to make 14 in a row. And here's the reality. Vanderbilt at some point is going to beat South Carolina in football again. I, I don't know when that will be. It might be tomorrow. I don't know. But it is going to happen again. But it's just crazy. You think about uh, this streak, and it's one that you feel like you go into each season. It's in your back pocket. And, uh, I, you know, I know Vandy fans hate to hear that, the five of them in existence. But uh, death taxes and the Gamecocks beating Vandy, it's just a tale as old as time, year after year after year. Uh, another big storyline, guys, of course, all eyes are going to be on the Gamecocks offense. And I, I'm just really intrigued how they use Jaheim Bell in this one. I, I am so fascinated right I think that's the most fascinating storyline when it comes to the Gamecocks offense in this one also by the way and I posted this stat yesterday on social media but when you look at the matchups and you look at Vanderbilt guys the worst pass defense in the SEC giving up over 317 yards per game so when you think about Jaheim Bell's skill set you think about what he's good at. You think about when we've seen him at his best, right? You think about that Dukes Mayo Bowl. What was he doing? Streaking down the field, the big play, the vertical passing game. But I just think it'll be so interesting after a week in which there's been so much turmoil, there's been so much criticism. I mean, it's fire Marcus Satterfield. This Gamecocks fan base, you can feel it, right? It's just is in a tizzy all week long. It's just been up in arms. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jaheim Bell, who people feel like could be your best player and your most dynamic player, if nothing else, was literally a non-factor last week. And I mean, that was a pure debacle at Williams-Brice State in the fact that he only had nine snaps, I believe, had zero targets. I would expect a heavy, and I mean a heavy dosage, of Jaheim Bell in this ball game, and again, guys, you also factor the fact that his family is disgruntled. Right, the Bell camp is obviously disgruntled with the way he's been used. I know that Marcus Satterfield talked in his Wednesday press conference about, you know, we got this rally package, we've got this package, but you have to think that Shane Beamer and company know that they need to take care of one of their best players. I would expect Jaheim Bell to get the football early and often. And this one, one of my favorite tweets of the week came from my good friend, Brad Crawford. I think he said something like, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if on the first drives, Jaheim Bell got three direct snaps and even kicked the punt just to make the point that he's going to touch the football in the ball game. So I think you need to do it. I think you need to get Jaheim Bell involved early and often. It sounds so obvious. And I guess when you've got an OC like we've got, the obvious doesn't seem quite as obvious as it should. But uh, I, I just think it's really fascinating. How do they use Jaheim Bell? How quickly do they get him involved and how often is he involved? I would expect this South kind of offense to force feed the football to Jaheim Bell. Another big storyline, guys, when you talk Gamecocks offense, 
Marshawn Lloyd, what is his health? How good is he really? And I know that Marshawn, you know, had said that, uh, you know, I, I think he should be good to play. We'll probably find out a lot more in, uh, you know, I'm recording this before Shane Beamer's Thursday press conference. But I just wonder how good to go is he really? Because this feels like one of those things, you know, Shane Beamer's been sort of uh, – uh, you know, he's he sort of kept it close to the vest, as they obviously always do with players' health and stuff like that. But I just wonder, is Marshawn Lloyd really 100%? Is he really going to be good to go after suffering a minor injury in that Mizzou game, but something maybe it'll be significant enough to where he doesn't get the bulk of the carries? Maybe we see more Juju McDowell and Christian Beal Smith, and and uh, we see some Lavasier Carroll. Who knows? We see some other guys in that backfield. But I just wonder, because if you don't have Marshawn Lloyd, or if you don't have a 110% Marshawn Lloyd, I mean, that just throws another challenge for a Gamecocks offense that is obviously searching for answers right now. Uh, guys, on that note, another big storyline, of course, you know, when you take a look at Vanderbilt, like I mentioned, the worst pass defense in the SEC, they are the worst total defense in the SEC as well. And you look at the offensive rankings, Vanderbilt is dead last. The Gamecocks are 13th. This is now or never for Marcus Satterfield and Spencer Rattler. And I know many of you are saying, Chris, what are you talking about? Like, we've already taken our stance. We know it's fire. And, and I know that. I understand that. I agree with you. It is fire, Marcus Satterfield. The Gamecocks, after this season, heck, I'd do it right now. But at minimum, <clears throat> after this season, need to move on from Sat. But in regards to, you know, the whole Sat-Rattler thing, right, and any hope, any hope in the month of November that they might click to any sort of degree, there's no excuse not to do so tomorrow. And listen, I'm not going into this game with unfair expectations. I'm not going into this game expecting that all of a sudden, oh, they're just going to they're gonna figure it out. And I, I mean, I'm not even going to dive into the baffling comments that Sat made in his Wednesday presser and the fact they're trying to find themselves as an offense, you know, going into going into the ninth game of the season. I, I, I'm just I'm not even going to entertain that foolishness. But but you just feel like it's now or never. It feels like a now or never scenario. And, you know, because you look at your last three games in, in Florida, Tennessee, Clemson, and obviously that's much better competition. And those teams will present unique challenges, all three. But Vanderbilt, this is a game that if you can't put up some offensive numbers, there's just really, truly, genuinely no hope for you. And you got to think that Marcus Satterfield's taking the approach of, you know, my back's against the wall. There's merch out there with my name on it, Fire Sat, which is very well-deserved. And I appreciate, by the way, those who have run up the numbers on TSUS.store. I do appreciate that. But, um, you know, you got to think Marcus Satterfield feels like, you know, my back's up against the wall. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler also, five TDs, nine interceptions at this point. I'm someone, you know, I've gone on record and said, hey, I'm not really sure that, you know, benching Spencer Rattler does anything for you. I'm not sure that it really solves any problems. And I'm not really sure people even want to bench Spencer Rattler because they believe that Luke Doty or anybody else on the roster is the answer. They just want to see some sort of change. And if you can't get sat fired right now, well, who's up next on the chopping block? It's Spencer Rattler as the starting quarterback. But if you have a slow, sluggish first half again, if you're sitting there at halftime and it's it's 10 to 7 or it's 7 to 3 and you've got 100 yards of offense, which is literally what you've done in like the last three games, right? You've been around that 100-yard mark in the last three games. You know, I, I, I'm not coming down on anyone that 
want Spencer Rattler benched because his play and his statistics are doing nothing to make that claim seem foolish. And also the the, the, the fire sat stuff, right? The narrative around Marcus Satterfield. I mean, I would say 99.9% of this fan base is on board because look at the numbers, look at the off field stuff. And if you struggle in this game, guys, where do you go from here? Like, like if you have a sluggish first half, what do you do? Do you bench Spencer Rattler? I mean, you almost, you're almost forced to. You almost have to change something up because if you can't find a spark and you can't find some offensive momentum against the Vanderbilt Commodores, who again have the worst defense in the SEC, something has to give. Like There has to be a breaking point at some point. I understand Spencer Rattler was great in 2020 for Oklahoma. I think he's got all the talent in the world. But if it's not working here, if this thing, if this experiment, if you will, if this, whatever, the sat rat thing, if it's not working, I mean, at some point, guys, there has to be a breaking point. At some point, we got to do what's in the best interest of Carolina football to win as many games and look as good as possible. And maybe sat rat's not it. I don't know. But this is the moment. If you're going to have that breakout game, if you're going to feel like you're, quote unquote, silencing the haters, whatever, like this is the game to do so you're not going to play a defense as porous as this one the rest of the way out and I would argue this is the most you know the most porous defense you've played since you took on Charlotte and SC State and and you well and and, you know honestly in those games you didn't exactly look like a juggernaut so we'll see if they can take advantage uh in this one guys So the big storyline you take a look at Vanderbilt I actually like Clark Lee big fan of Clark Lee and what those guys have going on in Nashville You know, you look at Vandy's schedule, right? And they are winless right now in SEC play. But, I mean, they've played Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, and then lost to Missouri 17-14. to They're actually coming off a bye week in this one. Uh, But the rest of their schedule after the Gamecocks, at Kentucky, Florida at home, and Tennessee at home, I would pose this question from the Vanderbilt side of things. Is Vandy going to win an SEC game this year? I think that was the big question before the season started. Is this their best opportunity to do so? I mean, again, guys, I like Clark Lee. I like what's going on in Nashville. The roster's obviously not there. But like we mentioned, you know, at some point, Vandy's going to beat the Gamecocks. Is it this year? I obviously hope not. I hope it never comes. But, uh, you know, from the Vanderbilt perspective, and we'll be talking to the guys from the Door Report, by the way, tomorrow morning in a Twitter spaces, urge you to tune into that. But, uh, you know, I I feel like Vandy fans, the few that are out there, like I said, I'm sure they have this game circled. It's like, hey, we're trying to get an SEC win. This is the one for Clark Lee and company to have that breakout conference W, uh, you know, as his tenure really gets rolling there in Nashville. Guys, another big storyline back to the USC side of things is bowl eligibility is on the line. And listen, you might roll your eyes. You might scoff at that comment. But you know what, guys? Listen. If you can get to six and three, which I think even with the scores, if I laid out the scores to you, if I laid out the offensive statistics, if over the summer I would have said, hey, South Carolina is going to beat Vanderbilt and they're going to be six and three, bowl eligibility will be punched going into the final three games of the season. I don't think there's a Gamecock fan out there that would not have signed up for that. And it's exactly where I had South Carolina going into the final three games. Now, of course, guys, has it looked how we wanted? Obviously not. Has it gone exactly the way we preferred? Obviously not. But in year two of Shane Beamer, right, as he's building this program, what did I say before? 
in the first three to four years, it's about getting to postseasons and recruiting well and generating as much positive momentum as you can in the meantime. Going to a bowl game, again, you can roll your eyes, you can scoff. Hey, the Gamecocks aren't a playoff team right now. Getting to a bowl game is still a big deal for the University of South Carolina. If you, I, I don't want to give you all a history lesson, but if you go back and you look across the course of history for Carolina football, hey, we ain't been to that many bowl games, and we've won even less of them. So getting to a bowl game is still a big deal. Getting to six and three will be a big deal. Bouncing back in the right way will be a big deal. And being bowl eligible before going in that final three-game stretch, the quote-unquote orange crush, if you will, will be a big deal and will be somewhat of an accomplishment for this football team, all things considered. And guys, I just mentioned it, my final storyline, though, I am really curious to see, and maybe what I'm most intrigued to see is just how does this team bounce back after a really tumultuous week, right? I mean, this has been this has been a, as tumultuous a week as I can remember in regards to, I mean, guys, we're sitting here on Friday and, and, and we're just now, right, getting around to talking about the Vanderbilt game. You know, we we normally like, you're like, hey, this is, this is therapy Monday, right? We're going to vent, we're going to get it out. Guys, it's been therapy week, right? I mean, it has been therapy week. Folks have been upset, frustrated, furious with the way things went last weekend at Williams-Brice Stadium. And I will echo what I said, by the way, on the show on Wednesday. One of the reasons this is so intriguing is because of the, the, the comments that Zach Pickens made, right? Talking about, you know, he felt like they got they got comfortable. They felt like they had arrived at five and two and... And, 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 you know, they, 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 you know, cited that their approach to the game as one of the reasons they did not play their best football. What's the approach this week, right? What's the attitude? What's the mood this week? Does this team play their best when it feels like their backs against the wall? Do we see a different football team, right? Do we see that edge, that tenacity, that swagger, that spirit return to this team, right? Think back to the Kentucky game and how that team came out the gate and just flying around and playing aggressive. And, you know, I've had these conversations with Steven Garcia, and he's mentioned playing with an with a confidence, with playing with a supreme confidence, right? Right? You know, it's probably not going to be pretty. It's probably not going to be flashy or sexy. That's just who this team is at this point. But when the Gamecocks were winning four in a row, right, it wasn't always pretty. But what you saw was a team that was playing with a belief and a swagger and a confidence, and good things were happening for them. Things were breaking for them. Do we see the return of that? How does this team approach this? And I will say to Shane Beamer's credit, during his tenure, I feel like this team, you could argue, has played its best football when they've sort of, quote-unquote, had their backs against the wall, right, and had some turmoil hit the football team. They've come together. They've played much better. They've bounced back in the right way. But after having what I would say was the wrong attitude, per Zach Pickens now, these are per his comments, after having the wrong attitude going into that Mizzou game, I wonder what the attitude is like coming in this one and just how this team responds to what's, what's been a lot of adversity and again a really tumultuous week in Gamecock Nation guys let's get off of that and move into our key matchups to watch going into tomorrow night's game before we do though of course I want to tell you about our friends over at Carolina Cigars and also remind you our event 
is next week, next Wednesday, November the 9th, right? Wednesday, November the 9th at Carolina Cigars. Beautiful cigar lounge on Hilton Head Island, guys. Things get going at 7 o'clock. Would love to see you all out there. And, of course, want to tell you more about Carolina Cigars, who have been in operation since 2008, recently taken over by the Peterson family in 2020. Now, whether you're new to the cigar scene or you've been enjoying cigars your entire life, Carolina Cigars has the expertise and knowledge to make your visit to their shop enjoyable. Guys, stop by for a fine cigar and experience their classic cigar lounge where people come together, share conversations, and become friends. So if you're into cigars and you're on Hilton Head Island, you really do need to go by and visit them. Guys, they offer same-day shipping nationwide, free delivery island-wide for weddings and all special occasions. They're also proud to offer premium cigars at nine outside humidor locations around Hilton Head Island, and they offer special events throughout the year as well, guys, they want to talk to you. They want to engage. They want to share with you their cigar selection that they're very proud of and their beautiful cigar lounge. So when you're in the low country, there's only one place for cigars and there's only one place that I get my cigars. That's Carolina Cigars, Hilton Head Island's premier cigar merchant. Come and share your passion. It's all there at Carolina Cigars. Guys, you can find them on Instagram at Carolina underscore cigars. That's at Carolina underscore cigars. Or give them a call today at 843-681-8600. That's 843-681-8600. Smoke them if you got them. Tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. And guys, again, would love to see all my low country Gamecocks out at Carolina Cigars next Wednesday, Hilton Head Island, all the details are on social media. Going to be an incredible time. Cannot wait to hang out, smoke some stogies, talk Gamecocks. And I will be. The plan is I will be smoking the Vandy Pack probably on Sunday. And it'll be courtesy of my friends over at Carolina Cigars. All right, let's dive into these key matchups to watch. And we will start with the man himself, the feature player of the Gamecocks offense. I'm operating under the assumption that he will be healthy. Marshawn Lloyd, who again, guys, I think you have to look at as the guy that carries this South kind of offense. As he goes, they go. Marshawn Lloyd against Anferny Orgy, the best player on this Vandy defense, and the numbers would back that up. 85 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, two sacks, one interception, and three forced fumbles. This dude is an absolute menace. He's been all over the field. I think he had like 13 tackles in the game against Alabama. Uh, Orgy, an absolute freak at the linebacker spot, definitely a next-level player for the Commodores. And again, getting Marshawn Lloyd going, getting the ground game going. You know, I mentioned their pass defense. Hey, they haven't been able to stop the run either, man. The total defense just has not been in there, but Orgy is a superstar. Uh, so it'll be up to Marshawn Lloyd, make him miss, get something going in that ground game. My second key match of the watch, flipping to the other side of the ball. And speaking of the ground game, how about the Vanderbilt rushing attack? Sherrod Green against Ray Davis. Davis for the Commodores, 564 yards, 4.2 yards per carry, and four touchdowns on the season, and you take a look at Vandy, right? They've had surprisingly good quarterback play from A.J. Swan, the youngster, 94 for 163, eight touchdowns to just one interception. But you would think South Carolina is going to look to take away the pass with that fantastic secondary that they have. So I think it all comes down to stopping 
the Vandy run game. You do that, you get them in third and longs, you put the pressure on AJ Swan. I think Clayton White will be able to dive it up, or excuse me, dial it up, excuse me. But Sherrod Green being that dude in the middle, being that thumper, and what a leader he's been at this point in the season, uh, really filling in nicely. And I think having his best year in Garnet and Black thus far. And guys, my final key matchup to watch and all eyes will be on this one. Jaheim Bell against Dericky Wright. And you look at Wright from Bandy, 32 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, three interceptions, sort of plays that hybrid safety linebacker spot, which is why I think he will be following Jaheim Bell around. Heck, I could have put Marcus Satterfield against himself in this final key matchup, but I got to think Jaheim Bell, guys, is going to be a major factor in this ballgame. I, I mean, I would just be absolutely shocked if we saw something similar to what we saw last weekend and Jaheim Bell being a non-factor. So Jaheim Bell getting the football, getting targeted early and often. Dericky Wright has been a big-time player for them, has been a big playmaker, right? Opportunistic with those three interceptions. Somebody Spencer Rattler is going to have to look out for. But I would expect Jaheim Bell getting force-fed the football, whoever is covering him. That is certainly a key matchup in this game. Guys, let's dive into our keys to the game and keys to victory for South Carolina as they take on Vanderbilt. My first key, regain your edge. I talked a lot about, guys, the mentality and just how South Carolina attacks this game. Like I mentioned, over the course of the four-game winning streak, you saw a team that was on the attack, that was the aggressor, that was playing with a supreme confidence. I thought against Mizzou, you saw a football team that sort of sleptwalked that first quarter. I thought you saw a team that, as Zach Pickens said, uh, for whatever reason, got comfortable and felt like they had arrived at five and two and felt like they were much better than they really were and felt like they didn't have to attack the game the same way. Regain that edge, play with that swagger, attack this football game knowing you're the better team. You have more talent. Act that way, play that way. You do that, I think a lot of good things will happen. My second key to the game, just find a way to get Spencer Rattler comfortable, man. The plays are going to be there to be made in the passing game, Right. We should see the best version of Spencer Rattler tomorrow night. We really should find a way to get him going early. Marcus Satterfield, you know, it makes me think, too, I don't know if we have any Shrek fans out there, but you think of the – I think it's Shrek, too, right, when they're riding too far, far away, and uh, Donkey's doing the that sound. He's doing the that thing. And Shrek looks at him and says, for five minutes, could you not be yourself? For five minutes! That's how I feel about Marcus Satterfield. Just – for one game, could you not be yourself, right? Could you just not be yourself and, and and find a way to dial something up to get the offense going and to let Spencer Rattler shine, get him comfortable? My final key to the game, guys, be the aggressor. It kind of goes back to being, you know, regaining your edge, but be the aggressor, man. Be on the attack. You know, one of my favorite uh, sayings in life, if you will, and I forget exactly who said the quote, and I'm going to paraphrase it a bit, but – you know, make mistakes of ambition, not mistakes of sloth, right? Act boldly, right? Life in the universe favor the bold, right? Be the aggressor. If you're going to mess up, mess up flying, as my old baseball coach used to say, right? If you're going to mess up, don't mess up going half speed. And that's how it felt. You know, I, I, you know some of the comments I read this week, and I agreed. It felt like South Carolina's offense was running through mud last week against Mizzou be the aggressor take it to Vandy so again guys my keys to victory regain your edge get Rattler comfortable and be the aggressor which leads us into my lead pipe lock of the week prediction 
And, of course, it's all brought to you by our friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Guys, A1 Air Quality Consultants is giving corporate services for working man prices. They have over 20 years in the mold industry and 10 years in the asbestos industry. They use the most modern scientific technology for highly accurate results. They perform the following services, mold testing, air and surface allergen testing air for things like pollen, dust, etc., asbestos testing in building materials, asbestos air testing to make sure it's not airborne, air monitoring services during abatement projects, and E. coli testing surface and water. For more information, give them a call today at 864-619-2092. That's 864-619-2092. You can also find them on Twitter at A1 Air Quality 1 and on Instagram at A1 Air Quality Consultants. For any other questions, head to their website at A1AirQualityConsultants.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. You know, I spoiled my prediction a bit on Wednesday when I locked in USC minus six and a half as my best bet for the game this weekend. But when you look at this matchup, South Carolina and Vandy, death, taxes, and Gamecocks football finding a way to beat Vanderbilt. And and I understand, guys, that the, the popular thing this week has been to be doom and gloom down in the dumps, woe is me, we're never going to win again, right? And what's so unique and fascinating about that, and I don't know if Gamecock Nation or at least some of Gamecock Nation suffer from bipolar disorder or what have you, and I understand, right, in the SEC and within college football, the highs are extremely high and the lows are extremely low. But when you're making predictions and you're making picks, you've got to try to stay as close to the middle as possible. And do I feel like South Carolina was ever destined to be 8-2, and hosting Tennessee, getting college game day as so many of us dreamed? No, that sort of felt like a pipe dream. Do I also feel, though, on the flip side, do I feel as if South Carolina, you know, after that Mizzou game is just never going to win again, it's doom and gloom, burn it all down, the program's doomed for misery forever, No, I do not. I think the truth, again, lies somewhere in the middle. And when I saw the spread open at even seven and a half, it felt like an overreaction to me, right? I understand that Vanderbilt gave Alabama, uh, you know, some tough football early on in that game. Final score, by the way, was 55 to three. Uh, I know they played Ole Miss tough for spurts. Final score in that game was 52 to 28. And they went to Georgia, lost 55 to nothing. So I've had people tell me this week that they played Georgia tough. Well, 55 to zero would say otherwise. And I know that in Como, by the way, nearly should have, you know, nearly did and could have and probably should have beaten Missouri, lost that game 17 to 14. That being said, I think South Carolina against Mizzou played arguably or at least played one of their worst football games of the season. Uh, looking back, I don't know that we gave Missouri enough credit on the defensive side. And I mean, I, I'm not trying to make any excuses for that game. That game is done and behind us. But you guys know as well as I do, right? As soon as you feel like you've got things figured out, you've drawn all these conclusions, things happen over the course of a football game that go against everything you thought you knew and at least you believed. 
I do see South Carolina with their backs against the wall, and it's been something that I feel like Shane Beamer and company have been able to do a really good job of in his tenure is get this team motivated and fired up and being able to respond the right way, right? Normally, this team this this team has not normally lost back-to-back games, right? The only time they've done so was the beginning of this season. In the Shane Beamer era, the only time South Carolina has lost back-to-back games were those two Arkansas and Georgia. And you look at those opponents when they played them. I mean, obviously, Georgia as well, especially. Um, you can understand why that happened. Even as incompetent as Marcus Satterfield is, and I know I said this last week going into that Mizzou game, you take a look at Vandy. Worst defense in the SEC. Worst passing defense in the SEC. I know Anferni Orgy is a really good player, but they lack the talent and the depth. If Marcus Satterfield, for even a moment, is not himself, they lack the talent and depth to keep up in this one. On the flip side, I, I think the Gamecocks defense, listen, I don't worry about Clayton White. You know, I know they didn't play their best last week, but I think they will have a solid outing. I, I don't think Vandy has anything offensively that really scares you. Uh, one of the matchups I did not mention, you look on the outside, of course, A.J. Swan has been really good for them at quarterback, the youngster. Uh, Will Shepard on the outside, 41 catches, 525 yards, eight touchdowns on the season. I think you will see Cam Smith following him around all day Long, So they got some players. Don't get me wrong. Vanderbilt's got some players. But again, guys, bet on Vandy at your own risk because the Gamecocks have shown no matter how good they are, no matter how bad they are, South Carolina football finds a way to beat Vandy. And I said it on Wednesday. I like USC minus six and a half. I like them to win this football game. I think the Gamecocks do bounce back in a fairly big way, at least a big way for us, I think Jaheim Bell is force-fed the football in this game. And I think it will be, you know, I, I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be sloppy. I think it's going to be very on-brand because despite what, you know, you know, uh, despite what Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield and some others may say, like this team is who it is, right? This team isn't all of a sudden going to reinvent itself going in the last four games of the season. This is a football team with a bad offense, Right, we know the stats. Five and zero in games in which South Carolina gains a turnover. Zero and three in games in which they don't force a turnover. So you got to force turnovers in this one. You got to get the football off of Vandy. You've got to protect the football. Right. I don't worry about the defensive side. Like I said, offensively, again, I I think this is a football team. Their recipe to win. You're going to need Beamer Ball to show up. Defense to make big plays. Um, it won't be sexy. It won't be flashy. But again, I, I think it's going to be a Jaheim Bell heavy game. And I think it's going to be a game that the Gamecocks will get the win. I think this fan base will still be frustrated because I, I'm really, you know, I almost look at these games like SC, you know, SC State and Charlotte. And I hate to say that, but unless you go out and score 50 against Vandy, I, I think fans are going to continue to gripe. They're going to continue to bitch. They're going to continue to moan. They're going to leave this game with just as much, just as many frustrations if not more frustrations, because I think if you see a guy like Jaheim Bell have a huge game in this one and go off, which, guys, I think is very realistic because I have to think Shane Beamer, uh, you know, there's been rumors about maybe Jaheim Bell's considering the transfer portal if things don't get better, especially if for whatever reason Marcus Satterfield hangs around longer than he should. Uh, I think they're going to make it a point to make sure they're taking care of one of their best players. So I think he could have a big game but I think is going to leave us all scratching our heads saying, well, why in the world weren't you doing that 
Um, you know, earlier in the season. Why weren't you doing that all year long? Either way, though, I think the Gamecocks will find a way to get victory. Uh, I think there could be some uncomfortable moments early on. I mean, it's a night game in Nashville, whatever that means. I'm sure Clark Lee will have his squad fired up. I do like Clark Lee a lot, but I do think the Gamecocks get the W. Like I said on Wednesday, my best bet was South Carolina minus six and a half. They'll cover that number. Lock me in. My lead pipe lock of the weekend. Give me Gamecocks 26 Vanderbilt 13. Again, I think the Gamecocks defense will be suffocating. I think Spencer Rattler has a solid day. Marshawn Lloyd uh, will do Marshawn Lloyd things. I think Jaheim Bell has his best game of the season. Again, I think they will force feed Jaheim Bell the football. And I think South Carolina, are they as bad as they showed last week? No. And is, is Vanderbilt nearly as good as Missouri was on the defensive side? Absolutely not. Vandy does not have the pieces to expose this Gamecocks football team. Obviously, none of us are sitting here saying this is a world-beater USC team. But, guys, don't make out Vanderbilt to be more than what they are, which is Vandy, which is Vandy. I feel like there's a lot of people this week that, you know, and I posed the question, what are you scared of? Are, are you actually scared that Vandy's going to go out there and, and take victory away from USC? Or is USC going to go out there and flat out lose this game? And I think the answer is obviously the latter for most people that South Carolina, it's more so the worry about can we even score a touchdown? But I think they will. I think South Carolina has a bounce back day. The truth typically lies somewhere in the middle. Things never as good as they seem, never as bad as they seem. Gamecocks find a way to get an ugly, sloppy win. But, hey, that's on brand for South Carolina this year. It'll be nothing out of the ordinary. Again, lock me in. Gamecocks 26, Commodores 13. So, again, guys, would love to hear from you. Would love to hear your thoughts, your score predictions, your keys to the game. How are you feeling going into this one? And, again, guys, appreciate you all, your love, your support. Safe travels to all of you going to Nashville. Make sure you bring the hell. And I hope to see all my upstate Gamecocks and everyone in the area at Carolina Ale House tomorrow night off Woodruff Road in Greenville, South Carolina. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Hope you have a fantastic weekend, and I'll leave you with this. Go Cox, beat Vandy, and we'll talk to you all on Monday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.